Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to What Does It Take Pod. We have a, another special guest today, and as you can see, Monta had a taste. Man, it's it's <laughs> it's it's no way to destru- to describe when you have, man, such a legend. You know, magnificent food makes you want to go to sleep. I really haven't even tapped into the cornbread yet, but you know. Proceed. Or the banana, or the, right or the, banana, or the red velvet hey, cake. I'm the cornbread in. <laughs> no, seriously. I don't know if you might get that. Seriously. But back to the important thing, we got Larry in the building from Lolo's. Larry Lolo's Legend. Chicken and Waffles. Yes, sir. How you doing, man? Wonderful. Thanks for having me. Oh, you know, we feel a lot better, man. When I came in here and I smelled the food, <sighs> candied yams. <laughs> candy yams. Oh, my, oh my goodness. It was amazing. <laughs> Tastes just like grandma's. Yep. Shout out to grandma. Yes, yes. You know what? I, I actually see... The necklace, you can can you show the camera? It's that one right there, if you wouldn't mind. Oh, that's the Superman necklace. Ooh. I bring out every now and then. That's that little old chain. Okay. <laughs> it's, my, it's my dog tag. Hey, there I we go. I love it. So I'm going to ask you, that was a nickname then yes. that you were given. How, how did the nickname come about for you? Oh, man. You don't know if I can tell the, nick, the, 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 the nickname <laughs> story. but um, I, However far you want to take it, we'll listen. I, I got it around the way, you know, growing up in South Phoenix. Up to no good, mm. you know. I wasn't always had that entrepreneur. Well, matter of fact, I did. I always had that entrepreneurship about me, even since a young age. Gotcha. Something you, know? you feel like you had in you. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But you know, when you grow up in the hood, you know, you grow up with a whole bunch of fellas and stuff like that. You're gonna get a nickname. So, um, you know, mine started off as low, but as time went on. Come to find out I was lower than low, so they put an extra low on it. So I'm low, low. Hey, hey. that's an OG story, man. Yeah. But 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 real talk, I'm a I'm a I'm a different person today. Okay. Yeah, so it's all good. But the nickname still stuck around. Absolutely. I mean your path, your journey made you who you are. Correct. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. Dang. Dang. So we did some research, you know. I always we always do it. So I looked up a couple of interviews. It's been Ones that were about six years ago, but um, you've always been around your grandma's restaurant growing up. So you were in and out of there. You saw the business side of it. You saw the food side of it. You want to tell us a little bit about how the shift happened for you where, you know, you were running around doing whatever and then kind of found out, hey, this might be something for me. Or did that happen way later? No, man. um it, it did happen. Well, yes and no. It happened later. Um, I, the, Mrs. White's Golden Rule Cafe was my playground. Mm. Um, that's shout why out I, Mrs. White. Yeah, <laughs> shout out Mrs. White. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a great foundation to start from. But, you know, that was my playground. I was my grandmother's first grandchild. Um, I'm my father's first son. So, of course, you know, I'm always hanging around my father and my grandmother that run Mrs. White's. And then, of course, Grandma wanted to take her little grandbaby around and show him off. <laughs> so I'm always with Grandma, and Grandma is always cooking, and she's hooking up with her sisters or her auntie or her mother at that mm. time. No, you was eating her good. Her friends. Huh? Oh, man. You can, look, you, you can look at me and tell I ain't missing a meal. <laughs> so I am, I am a product of eating good. I've been eating good for 51 hey, years. Are you happy, though? Uh, you know, I'm, I feel good. Perfect. That's I feel all that good. <laughs> I feel good, you know. But, um, you know, Mrs. Weiss was my playground. And little did I know, I was learning the craft and didn't even know it. Mm. 
you know, after seeing the same thing over and over and over again, you know, day after day, you know, eventually you're going to grab it. It's going to you're going to pick up on it and you're going to know the what's, why's, when's and how's. And here I am today. Dang. From a young age, I mean, that exposure is experience is priceless. You don't even know. I mean. You are taking it in, but like you said, you might not even known it at the time. It's like this is home. Exactly. You know, I didn't know it at the time, but you know, I was just learning the craft, paying attention. You know, it's big being a good student. Mm. You know what I mean? Because a lot of stuff can go over a lot of people's heads, and they're not paying attention. Yeah, you gotta be coachable. Gotta sure. be a sponge. Exactly. So I was definitely a sponge, and then of course. I was enjoying what I was eating. I was enjoying what grandma was cooking. So, of course, I, you know, why you make that? I want to make that when you ain't around. You know, I might want to invite some, you know, as I got older. Yeah. I might want to invite a young lady over and, and cook for her, yeah. you know? So Facts. And that's the way to a heart, man. You better learn how to cook. Good food is the way to everybody's heart. That's That's a clip right there. Good food and wine. That's grown man stuff. You know, I know that Larry. I know I look young. But I got some game, man. I don't fuck with no wine. Hey, but hey, but, but hey, but hey, but I'm but I'm with you on that good food part. Okay, okay, Te- tequila, Hennessy, hey, tequila. I'm a, I'm a tequila dude. Hey, I'm with you. Hey, you know what? Tell them that drink you have, man. The tequila. Uh, it's the Kool Aid. Oh, frozen. Yeah. Uh, we do the on um, the frozen 1942 at Stop Lolo's Chicken and Waffles, and the cool thing about it that we serve it in a recycled 1942 bottle mm. so we take the old bottles from selling all the 1942 and then we cut it and smooth it out so nobody gets hurt or injured mm. and then we make you a tequila with all 100 percent 1942 tequila and some grand marie on top mm-hmm. come on man <laughs> man you over here preaching right now yeah, yeah. that's fine <laughs> let's rewind a little bit larry so yes, i know I want to kind of know the timeline because I know you were going back and forth to California, LA specifically, and you were in the studio, in the record. I saw that you were even in the studio with Tupac. You said you weren't making music. So does this mean you were, were you making music at the time or were you like a producer? Um, and was it like your first passion or was cooking always your your passion? Man, cooking was the last thing I wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I ain't going to lie to you, man. Watching my father and my grandmother slave over a hot stove and, you know, you come home, your clothes is kind of icky because, you know, the, the, the smell from cooking around fryers and over open skillets and open flames, you know, it gets into your clothes. And sometimes it get into your pores and you take a shower and you still... Smelling like straight grease, man. You know, it smell like... You know, exhaust, you smell like um, uh, bleach, you know, from cleaning. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, it was definitely the last thing I wanted to do. I ain't going to lie to you. Um, my first passion was music. And, you know, right out of high school, I started an independent record label with a homeboy by the name of Boo. So we well, started. Did you go to? I went to South Mountain High okay. School. Oh, dang. Okay. And we started um, Full Life Records in 92. And I gave Full Life Records, man, 11 of my years, 11 years trying to make it happen. And we was grinding and we was doing our thing. And, yeah, um, as we grew, we're in Phoenix, Arizona. 
So if you want to network and you want to get with some people who's really making some noise and music, you got to get in the car and drive to yeah, Cali. Phoenix wasn't mm-hmm. a hub. Exactly. Yeah. It definitely wasn't a hub. So we had drove to Cali. And, you know, to be honest with you, we made connections. We made relationships. We found out where was the hottest studio at that town. At that time, we was going to a studio called Soundcastle. Soundcastle was in Glendale, California. And when we go to Soundcastle, it's a big-ass recording studio with, like, eight booths, eight rooms. So, like, eight different artists can, go at the same mm-hmm. time. you know, book a room. So you schedule your engineer and whatever. And then in the courtyard, like this little area out here, like I'll come out of my studio, and then you got, like, a living room with pool tables, foosball tables, ping pong, and video games and shit. People sit out there and snack and mingle. But when you out there mingling, you mingling with Corrupt. Mm. You mingling with Tupac. You mingling with Snoop. You mingling with all the Death Row Records because Death Row Records was using the same studio at that time. So that's where we made some, you know, some connections and some friends. And we ended up doing a couple of songs. We did two songs with um, Corrupt. Um, we met Swiss Beats. Swiss Beats ended up doing like three or four tracks for us. Um, we did some shit with DJ Battlecat. That stuff right there, shot it on the plane, shot it to um, E-40. E-40 laid down his lyrics on it. Um, we made some good connections, man. We we hooked up with little Kiki, um, Cool G Rap, um, that shit. If you know what I mean, we was in the studio when Superhead was there, but we didn't know who Superhead was at the time, <laughs> you know. But um, I remember her in the studio, and um, yeah, man, we, I was we was really trying to do that music thing. So, given eleven years to do that, how do you feel? Because it sounds like you know, outside looking in, people are like, "Man, that's extremely successful. You're making all these big, your big names, legends." Uh, in and out, making these connections. What made you feel like, hey, it's time to hang this, uh, hang up the cleats, the shoelaces, well, and and move on from it? I think success is is measured by monetary, okay. by dollars, and we weren't making no money. I, I'll be the first one to tell you we didn't make a dime. You know, we was out there in them streets. We was hustling. We was, um, you know, throwing rocks at the penitentiary basically trying to turn dirty into clean mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so we was out there grinding and then we trying to turn it into a positive and that's why we started the independent record label and the record business is like man it's kind of like winning the lottery yeah. you know you got to be at the right place at the right time mm-hmm. had the right song the right hit the right person got to hear it Mm-hmm. And the vibe got to be just right. Everything just needs to perfectly align up. And we put out some great music, man. We have some very talented cats from right here around the valley. And then we end up meeting some people that just moved here from Atlanta and stuff like that. And they had a very unique style about them. But um, we probably hit our biggest break in 2001. And we were, we, 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 we debuted at number five on the top 100 hits. What you song know, was that? New, 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 new hot singles. And the name of the song was called Bounce. We make you want to bounce, make you shake. It, it was hard. I feel like I heard that song before. And um, so we did that song, and it debuted 
September 9th, 2001. Well, two days later, some assholes drew some fucking planes yeah. into mm-hmm. the World Trade. Oh, uh, yeah. So, with that being said, you know, here we are making phone calls like, man, did you see the article? Did you see where we debuted? Let's talk. No well, talking about it. ain't nobody talking about that. Yeah. Everybody like, man, fuck that what song. We yeah. under attack. Yeah. yeah. So, um, man, you talking about timing? Damn. Damn. That was definitely bad timing. Hey, bro. So, at that time, here I am, knee deep in the game, what, nine years in? Because I started in 92, and here we are, 2001. So, I'm nine years in. Finally hit my big break. World trade. Yeah. 9-11. And what's crazy is the time of, you know, the time where you come from, the way to spread your music. I'm sure y'all were hustling on the on the corner, handing out CDs, albums, selling. We was that. doing all of that. Because there was no social media. There was man. none of that back then. Nope. Nope, it wasn't. We used to, man, Cali was my area. Um, you know, even when people meet me today, they, they think I'm from Cali. But, um. I vibe with Cali very well, all the way from San Diego, all the way up to the Bay, up to Sacramento, Richmond. Um, but I used to go out there, and I used to, you know, put a put a put a snippet in your hand, put a CD or a cassette tape back then. Um, you know, putting up posters and stickers, and you know, we used to make sure we got the billboards. We used to do the stuff up in the Source magazine, the Vibe magazine. Uh, man, we were serious. We were serious. We put, we put a lot of bread behind that music thing, and unfortunately, <clears throat> it just didn't do what it needed to do. And it's crazy you were still doing it because you started Lolo's in '97, uh, right? Yeah, I started Lolo's in '97. Um, you know, just um, needed to make some extra money. Um, times was hard, so um, I started Lolo's in 1997 in. October. I can remember that day like Dang. yesterday. It was on um, Columbus weekend. And um all of the homies, they was going to Cancun for Columbus weekend. They was like, Man, come on, let's go to Cancun. I'm like, no, man. Businesses. Exactly. But my homies that was going to Cancun, those those was my record people. Mm-hmm. So those was the homies I was doing the music with. But I had already started passing out the flyers, letting everybody know that Lolo's was gonna debut that weekend. Mm-hmm. And you know, I had to honor it. I had did too much work getting the word out, getting the flyers out around town, flying cars myself, grocery stores, churches, concerts, games, wherever there was a large body of cars. Back in those days, you can find me still flying cars, but I ain't gonna lie to you. I put some flyers on some cars less than a month ago. Mm-hmm. I, I still do it. And you feel like it still works? I mean, advertising is advertising. Yeah. You, 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 you can never get too comfortable where you think that everybody knows about you and know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So whenever there's an opportunity and I got flyers and cards with me, man, I'm, I still fly a cars. Dang, that's a clip. Nah, that's- See, I, I watched a, the interview that I watched. One of them I watched was six years ago. And something that stuck out, stuck out to me that you said was you – have done everything in the business from when, you know, uh, starting, you know, cashier, cleaning up, cooking, everything, including the marketing. Because that was a question in that interview. Mm-hmm. And to hear you say now, six years later, still after saying it. that you just did it a couple of days ago. Yeah, man, still doing it. Damn. And that it, just- it, it'll never stop. I, I'll never get too comfortable. And I'm glad you brought that up because... 
of me doing everything in the business, nothing in the restaurant business is beneath me. There is nothing in the restaurant business that I'm going to ask any of my team members. I don't call them employees. I call them team members. Mm -hmm. None of my team members will I ever ask them to do something that I wouldn't do myself. Damn. And I think that's what separates you as a, a boss, a CEO, a founder. Most CEOs, you know, you look at them, they're going to be like, I'm not going to go clean. I pay somebody to do that. Me, you know, me as a dentist, if like, I look at them as teammates too. You know, if someone's, uh, I'm running late with a patient, you know, there was a big procedure happening and, you know, they got a family to get home to too. So I, if I'm, they stay late to help me out, you know, I gotta, I'm helping them out. I'm busting out the vacuum. We gotta clean. No know? doubt. Um, and because how do you expect, you know, your team members to have your back if you don't got theirs? No doubt. So I think that's what's very respectable about you because you don't find many people like nah, that. Shit, I just cleaned up Monroe's last week. <laughs> <laughs> I was at Monroe's in Tempe. You know, it's very unfortunate, but you know, some suckers walked out on the job. You know what I'm saying? They wasn't happy. It's like nowadays, man, people. You know, no matter what you give him, you give a joker $100 an hour, he still ain't happy. Yeah. You dig what I'm saying? People making good money, and we pay good money, we pay on time. I ain't never bounced a check in my life. You know? You feel like COVID messed all that up? Yeah, man, COVID, COVID, COVID did a number on us. No doubt. COVID did a number on, on America. It, it, it made us weak. It made us more lazy. Um, it, it made people feel that it's okay to get a, 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 a handout. You know, Man. people always got their hand out and they just looking for the easy way, yeah. you know, but, you know, I've been doing this 25 years and I'm still marketing myself. I'm still mopping and sweeping. I even bust a table if I have to, you know, if I'm in the restaurant and it needs to get done, I don't go looking for somebody. Mm. I do it yeah. mm. because first impressions are everything. So when somebody comes into the restaurant and if you've never been into a Lolo's chicken and waffles and you walk in and you see a dirty table at the front door, that's the perception you're going to think of us forever. Damn. Right. So it's my job. If you know, maybe this person's tied up, maybe um, maybe they're helping another guest. If I see that dirty table and I walk right past it, I might walk in the restaurant, not even dress to work. But if it's a dirty table, the guests are gone. I'm going to make sure to get clean. Bottom line. But back to your other question about me doing every job in the mm -hmm. restaurant, you know, yeah, I did every job in the restaurant for my grandmother at Mrs. White's Golden Rule Cafe. I was a good steward. And with that being said, the way I ran her business, I ran it as if it was my business. With that being said, when the opportunity, when the opportunity presented itself for me to showcase Lolo's Chicken and Waffles, I didn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. I didn't have a restaurant. So I started at Mrs. White's Golden Rule. And, right? and you was doing that three days out the week on right. top of working Friday, the normal Saturday, shift. Friday, Sunday, and then I worked for Grandma Monday through Friday. I was working seven days a week for five years. Man. I think. The grind don't stop. No, the grind don't stop. So with That's that being said, <laughs> man. With the way that I ran her restaurant, the way I kept it clean, the way I treated her guests, and the way I took care of business, that's why I got the opportunity to showcase Lolo's Chicken and Waffles. Because if I was a bad employee, when I exactly, yeah. so yeah. when I go ask her, hey, Grandma, can I use your restaurant? My grandma didn't work too hard to build her legacy and what she got going on for a little knucklehead to come in and mess it up. Seriously. But 
she looked at my pedigree and said, show, baby. Mm. I'm with you. Let's do it. The cool thing about this is I think that, well, not I think I know just from what you're telling us, you came in wanting to work and you wanted to earn that and you wanted to show your grandma like, hey, I'm here ready to work. I'm here to learn. And she saw that and she and she she banked on you and, and look how it played out. It, it played out perfectly. And, and it's crazy to see because I feel like you set the bar very high for a lot of people who are trying to start their own business and especially like African-Americans, because it, it goes it goes to show that um, nothing is given. So you have to work for it. And the cars that you were dealt with, you made it work. I made it work. And that's 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 key. That's yeah. key. Made it work. But tell you, you know, why I think <clears throat> what you have, you have a hustle, a drive. You're a go getter. That's not something you can teach in school. That's not someone your family can teach you. It's like you either got it or you don't. And he didn't. And, and he didn't even get a degree. Still in my lines now, man. Oh, I was. Oh, gonna, oh, I was, oh, was going to say that <laughs> later. But hey, Larry, the crazy part is we didn't even um, tap into this part. You don't even have a college degree nope. or a culinary degree. No, I ain't got none of that. I was just getting ready to say that. My bad. I'm still. In, it's I'm all still good. In. It's all good. Up, it's I'm all good. good. I appreciate that <laughs> because I have said this numerous times. What's inside of me? No school. No college. No. No, 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 no trade can can teach it. Mm. I, I, I can I'm, attest to that because I've been through all the education and I didn't learn it from yeah. any schooling. So I, that <laughs> put you in debt. Either. That's for sure. I am, I am, I am self-driven. I am self-motivated, especially when it comes to money. Um, I'm just a person that I don't need no I don't need no push to go out and get it. You know, it's my job to take care of my family. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go out there and do it. See, I did what I had to do. See, you said earlier, um, being a good student, and as soon as you said that, I knew what you were talking about. It's not what you see always or you think of, like, you know, in school, college, grad school, people, because we know a lot of guys in, you know, med school, this school, whatever, but there's those street smarts. Some of those guys that are book smart. You can't teach that. You're like, bro, you know what that person is telling you, what that body language means or what, you know, and you can't teach that. Bingo. You can't teach that. Some people don't have that emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. but they're sitting up there as doctors. No, doctor, whatever. Your bedside manner sucks. Yeah. I'm going to go find another doctor. Yeah. It's like that. Uh, it's that street saying they always say. They be like, ah, uh, he has, he has, um, he's very book smart, but he just don't have common sense. Yeah. And 100%. that's, and that's, that's the funny thing way. because I say that all the time. Everybody mm-hmm. got the book smart. Yep. They lack on the common sense. Seriously. You know what I'm saying? So it, it be like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, me, myself, personally, I think common sense can take you a whole lot farther than books. It's like a fundamentals. It's a fundamental. Especially when being paired It's with a fundamental. Mm-hmm. You know, you can read people's body language. You know when it's time to leave the club. Mm. But you got them people with book smarts still walking around. <laughs> <laughs> the next morning, you know, they didn't got shot in the fucking ass. I need another Facts. shot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They didn't got shot. Yeah. Man, you didn't see the body language? That shit was getting ready to pop. Yeah. That's facts. So when we walk into the car, you hear it. Bop, 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 bop. It's a wrap. Yeah. Shut it down. Hey. We're going to shout out Jordan Poole. <laughs> 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 uh, you messed up for that one. You messed up for that one. man. That's a setup. Dang. Yeah, me, me, hey, man. Guess Jordan Poole wouldn't be doing an interview with you. <laughs> he, he probably won't because he didn't mess that up. We'll talk about it. He's still got my respect as a player. He's a baller. Oh, he, yeah, he, 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 he definitely bounced back from it. 
Um, it looked like they still meshing well together. I was at the game and they was passing the ball to one another and mm-hmm. you know, they're like you know, stuff happens, man. Yeah. yeah. Stuff happens, man. Like growing up in the hood, um, you know, I can name probably about three or four dudes I had some serious knockout, drag out fights with. Yeah. We all homies now. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it is. That, the difference is that whoever leaked that footage, and that's what sucks about social media. Yeah. That's that stays within the family. Exactly. That should Seriously. be, you know, that shouldn't be leaked. You yep. know, it, it got blown out of proportion because everyone was seeing it. That's that's if it stayed in house, it'd be all good. No one would care. It's yeah. like, you know, two brothers beefing and then they good. Yep. That's like the equivalent of a snitch, Seriously. and they got paid. Yeah. True. The snitch got so what paid. happened to snitches? Get stitches. Versus, it's like you know, me and my brother fought all the time, and we blood, and we're like this. So it's like it's the same with. Draymond and Jordan Poole. It's like they brothers, they just fighting. It was mm-hmm. one moment, but someone had to snitch them out. But see, that's something that street smarts teaches you. Yeah. If if I'm beefing, if me and Tay, what's up, Tay? If me and Tay are beefing and I know I'm not gonna stop until you're down down mm-hmm. and you can sense that in me, mm-hmm. one of us gotta come together to that stop. That person is the one that's book smart. <laughs> not yeah, not nah, not common sense. No, I, I'm so it's it's not beneath me either. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of Practicing being humble. Yeah. Like, you walk into work, you grind, grind, grind. You do it. You see it. You don't have to say it. You just go do it because it's going to put money in your pockets and mm-hmm. show everyone else that's what you got to live and work by. That's the, the the standard. Something me and my wife always say to each other, you got to know when to pick your battles. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Definitely. You got you to gotta know what's, what's worth fighting for. And what's taking the high road? I wish I would have met you a couple years ago because I could have used this advice for my relationship. Oh, man. You know, I wish I had the same knowledge and advice that I'm saying right now, you know, a decade, two decades ago. You know, because I wasn't always cool like this. Mm -hmm. I was a hothead, you know. So, you know, there's no mistakes. They're all lessons. And I've yeah. had a lot of lessons. I've made, I've learned a lot of lessons just on everything. Everything from working in the restaurant, being late on a catering job. Oh, man. Once I got yelled at from a customer for being late on a catering job back in 2002, guess what? We ain't never been late again. Dang. I don't ever want to feel that again. But you, the, 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 the how do you bounce back? How do you learn from your mistakes? Mm-hmm. That's what matters. Dang. You give me these uh these OG vibes. Um I'm you know 50, how you I'm fifty one, man. No, for sure. Like I'm I'm so hey, I'm old. So uh some reason I'm from I'm originally from Memphis. So I grew up with my grandma, right? So we have you know every neighborhood, every hood, they have that block. So everyone on that block put protects that street. And my grandma, she's pretty much like the mom of the entire neighborhood. She cooks for everyone. It's like some stuff go down, like they calling her, they coming with AKs, whatever, whatever issue it is, like it's resolved. And like they, I, I, I sense that same feeling from you as far as when I sense from them, as far as if they come, they come with wisdom, knowledge, a lot of understanding because like they seen it all, they've been through it all. And I feel like what you're feeding us, a lot of people like fail to listen because like nowadays, like people our age think they know it all. And we really don't. You know, that's funny that you say that because, you know, at, at the job, you know, I don't I don't just call it work. I don't call it just a job. 
you know, I tell youngsters that come to Lolo's Chicken and Waffles and Monroe's Hot Chicken, I tell them, like, look, man, I'm trying to teach you life lessons. If you just listen to what I'm trying to teach you and show you, even if you don't work out here, mm. these lessons that I'm giving you can help you on your next job or down the line or whatever you plan to do in life. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, I get it, man. When I was in high school, I wore my pants sagging. But now I think it looks stupid. Same. Yeah, definitely looks stupid. You know, I, I pulled my pants up. And when you're working in a restaurant, don't nobody want to see your underwear. Seriously. You dig what I'm saying? Especially if they're not clean. I mean, <laughs> oh, nah, nah, come on, bro. That's just. You got to do better. But, but good point. But, 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 but you know, I, I get people that come in to me as boys, <laughs> mm. and it's my job for them to leave me as men. Mm. You know, to know how to speak to somebody. You know, when I walk into a building, when I walk into the restaurant, hello, how are you? I'm good. I'll pull you to the side. Okay. You're supposed to say, I'm fine. How are you? Professor. You know, you, you just teach them stuff like that. Say something right there. But it's not just employees. It's, it's you know, it's just not the team. I, I do that for my children as well. You know, that's how I was raised. Mm -hmm. You know, but mine's, you know, my grandma would tell me one time, nah, baby, you don't say it like that. This is how you say it. And then the next time you messed up, you get slapped in the mouth. Because I told you. Uh, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. You've been warned once. Yeah. Now every time you mess up, it's a pop to the face. Yeah. Oh, you get tired of getting popped to the face. <laughs> See, my grandma my, my grandma used to get my grandma used to get that little gray rubber part that used to hold the um the the the, the, the window screen together. Ooh. Oh the weather oh, screen. Yeah. I know. That's you know, tough. You know the, the window screen when you open your window, you got a screen. <laughs> well it used to be some gray rope. Like a rubber rope all around the screen to keep it no, in. No, no. So she used to get that and tie up about three or four of them together and then put a knot on the end Jeez. so she won't lose grip. <laughs> oh, hey. She, hey, she about to hey, go to hey, work. Hey, hey. <laughs> Man, you get popped with that. <laughs> oh, you're going to learn real quick. <laughs> But that's gonna the, problem. Learn real the younger quick. generation is like soft in that aspect because oh, now, now they're just getting too many warnings, but nothing's being done. True. I like agree with you. When if they, you know, if you try that now, it's like I'm gonna call CPS. And oh man, like, right, you, man, you, what? If I said that to my parents, I, my ass would have got whooped. While I'm saying Stoudemire, Stoudemire just got arrested. Oh yeah, that's some bullshit. <clears throat> Stoudemire got arrested for the same thing that our parents would have did back in them days. Mm. And we would just got our ass whooped, and that Earth. would have been that. Mm -hmm. It would have been another lesson. True, we learned seriously. <clears throat> but now, them young things got a uh, newer iPhones than I do. Man, and yeah. they got that number, the three digit letters. <laughs> Bro, I had a track phone. Like that was my first phone. Yeah, I had a pay, and I had like ten minutes on there. Yeah, I had I had got my text. <laughs> so when, when people were texting me, LOL or Hey, yeah. I'm like, it's costing me money. No, seriously. <laughs> Don't text yeah, me. It's like, just because you come from money and got unlimited yeah. texts, no, bro. Seriously, I got five bro. cents. I just for said, LOL, that, that cost me 10 cents. Man. What's up? It's not business, though. Mm. But, but like you were saying, uh, in all walks of life, um, what you get, you got to give. Yeah. You can't just be in the mentality of, I've got to get, get, get. Because then you're not working towards something, you know? And then you get kind of spoiled in the sense of, like, COVID hit. And people stayed at home, mm -hmm. 
and now you're check, and that's why they got lazy. Yeah, they, oh. they're like, I'm getting paid more. Sitting and collecting. Home. No one wants to actually put in physical and, work. Anymore. And I've talked to people that actually were visiting Arizona, thinking about moving here. I'm like, oh, what do you do? And they're like, oh, we're collecting unemployment checks, but you know, it's good enough for us to move here from California. And I was like, dang, when that's you think crazy. about that, that's kind of crazy. Man, I heard all kind of stories. People going out buying brand new cars, <sighs> ain't had ain't had a job in I don't know how long, and they got it off of COVID checks. Mm-hmm. It's sad, man. So, you know, I think it just made the mentality of people just be that much more lazier, yeah. waiting for the next check and to come. It goes back to what you were saying. You could pay them a hundred dollars an hour; they're not happy. They're still, still not happy. I'm still having to put. I want to work from home. At home, yeah. yeah. I want to work from home. You mean you don't want to leave the house to work? Exactly. Hold up. What? I looked at this thing my brother put in a group chat amongst uh, the siblings, and it was like minimum wage two thousand and like or the early two thousands, and it was seven dollars and twenty five cents. Man, I remember when minimum wage was three dollars and thirty five cents. Back then, everything was cheap though. Cheaper, it's cheap, yeah, I mean, but still, super cheap. Like, the idea is how things inflated the hourly wages, and I don't want to get all deep into it and political, but now people can you can go get a job for nineteen dollars an hour on the mm-hmm. phone. Yeah. So really, and then it's like, hey, I don't want to talk to people. Like, yeah. What do you? Yeah, seriously. Like, pick your. <laughs> Pick your battle. What do you want to do? Pick up a skill True. and actually learn something that you actually have a passion for. So, so Larry, I got a question then. Um, well, one statement and then a question. The statement was, life, I, I read this and it stuck with me. It's, life is like a tennis match. You hit and then whatever's on the other side hits back and you hit. So you kind of have to feel the tempo of things. So when you say, you walk in and say, how are you doing? Hey, hello. And someone says, good. That's not hitting it back. No. Good, how are you is hitting it back. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now you can play. You're in play. So I think that's a very valuable lesson. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, and the question I want to ask you is, when you were working out of your grandma's restaurant trying to get started, and you said, you know, you didn't have much, you want to talk about or what level, how, how low did you get at some point is did you have to hit a low point, I guess, Man. to go back you up? You always got to hit a low point. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I hit the lowest of low. <laughs> man, my low points, man, Um, you know, this is back when Sheriff Joe was um running the jails. You know, I set up in Sheriff Joe's jail. Luckily, I got out just before he invented Tent City, oh, you know. <clears throat> but I also got out of there just before he started serving ostrich meat. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, man, when, when, when you're in jail and you sit there for a few weeks, it gives you some time to think about your life choices and the choices and the direction that you're going, you know. Damn. So, um, yeah, man, I, I, I hit low as a low. And then, you know, even before I ended up in jail, there was a point where I didn't have a car. It was a point where I was catching the bus. It was a point where I had holes in the bottom of my tennis shoes. You know, I didn't go out and get no new shoes. Why? Because the baby need Pampers. Do I get shoes or do I get Pampers? Pampers and Similac, they won every single time. It was a time where I was living on the projects on Monroe Street and 15th Street. 15th Street and Monroe right at the bottom. I got a question. Where are you at now today? Do you ever just sit and think like, damn, like. I went through some shit. Man, I said, and I'm very thankful 
And I always try to tell my children that we're blessed. We're blessed. And I always try to tell my children, you know, learn from daddy's mistakes so you don't have to make the same mistakes. So I'm at a point where I still pinch myself. You know, it's um, this life has been um, truly amazing. But at the same time, I bust my ass to get here. You earned it. I earned it. I bust my ass to get here. And you know what trips me out? A lot of people that walk through the door and think that this shit just blew up overnight. Oh, hell. You know, <laughs> I, I hope a lot of people listen to this podcast, see this podcast, and understand that anything worth happen, having, it don't come easy. Mm. You know? And when you get it easy, it go easy. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's why Lolo's Chicken and Waffles is still here 25 years later. And you said something because, like you said, when you get it easy, it go easy. That means you don't appreciate it. That's but it. when you get it from the ground up, from the mud, yeah, you cherish it. And yeah. you, ain't, you ain't let nobody yeah. come and fuck that that's up. Exactly. Seriously. It's just Damn, like, we're like if you didn't go through what you did, you'd be as successful. Yeah. If somebody just give you a car and you ride out and you scrape the rims on the curb, if they gave it to you, they're like, so what? You're not appreciative. But man, when you drive and you scrape your rims after, after man, oh man. Heart attack awaiting right there. Man. <laughs> Until you fix it, I don't see the car the same. I gotta Seriously. I gotta pull over, I gotta check it out and wipe no, it down, you know. That's it every time. And <laughs> hey, you take it to the car wash. That's when you appreciate what you got. <laughs> you know, just like the very first Lolos, it was about eight hundred square feet. We was only able to seat twenty people at a time. But I kept it clean. Why? Because it was mine. I kept it so clean and so neat. And so pe- fresh and so clean, clean. I had to. Yeah, had to, I had, had, to. <laughs> had to, man. But um, yeah, man, in the beginning, man, when I first started Lolo's, man, I had homies laughing. Chicken and waffles. Even my own uncle laughed at me. Damn. It be your own people. It be your own people. We talk about, oh, we, all three of us talk about this all the time. time. People want to laugh at you. Look look at me now. Yeah. So, you know, I I took them to the little shack. I showed everybody the little shack. Man, I'm I'm going to serve chicken and waffles here. It's going to be lines down the street. The who's who of everybody going to want to eat here. We're going to be busy. We're going to be packed. Nobody saw my vision. Nobody but me. And we did I'm exactly gonna give you respect. That. You know why? Because I saw in another interview that you kind of got the inspiration from Roscoe's. I did. I I've actually been to Roscoe's. Shout and out to Roscoe's. I'm not. Sure. <laughs> He's I, an I old good experience. I like it. I, I I went to Lolo's before I went to Roscoe's. So when I was going to Roscoe's, I was they're like, yo, they're one of the originals, whatever. I went to the original one. I'm expecting it to be like, yo, this is an OG at Chicken and Waffles. Mm-hmm. I go in there, I don't feel like it was clean, you know, versus, like, and that's where I feel like going, uh, you're actually executing what you preach. Because when I went into Lolo's, I noticed everything was clean. Oh. Food tasted fresh, everything. Roscoe's, I felt like maybe it's not necessarily them. I think they're just so busy that the quality control wasn't there. And I feel like that's what I feel like you do a really good job is the quality control. Thank you. I really appreciate that. But let me put something on record. I love Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. I ain't got nothing against her. That's my homeboy. We friends. However, I'm me and he's him. Mm. So 
I'm not knocking anything that they do. Mm. Me, myself, personally, I love his waffles. His waffles are amazing. But I'm a perfectionist. And mm. not only am I a perfectionist, I'm also Mrs. White's grandchild. Ooh. Got to. Got to represent. Roots. So with me being Mrs. White's grandchild, the way that man does his soul food and the way I was taught, we, we just we, we just went to two different schools. Yeah. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I feel that I've been taught by the best mm. because the, 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 the recipes that's been passed down to me, my grandma 99 years old. And she got it from her mama. Yeah. And her mama got it from her mama. <laughs> Family generation. So we talking about Hundreds. 300 years of recipes. <clears throat> I love it. You dig what I'm saying? Roots. So 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 with that being said, and so so you know the food is going to be good. And then I'm a perfectionist. I'm a Sagittarius. Everything got to be You got OCD. I, I got OCD. <laughs> yeah. I am very, 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 very organized. If you ask me where something is at, I can tell you exactly where it's at. Now, if Tom, Dick, and Harry didn't put it back like I trained them, that's a different story. But know this. When people come to Lolo's Chicken and Waffles, Monroe's Hot Chicken, or Brunch and Sip, we train them the right way. We train them what's right. Let me ask you this as a business owner because, you know, I want to learn something from you, too the way I treat my stuff, because for me, you know, when you interview your team members, they come in and they put on this, you know, how interviews, I feel, I hate the formal interviews. It's so fake. It's like you're getting the best version of themselves, the best version of themselves that day. And they on time, all that stuff. Yeah, on time. So how do you judge character, especially after the COVID times and dealing with the pay and to be able to train them to where you still are, are are you a part of like every interview or do you have the managers uh you know vet them out what's your process well at this time in my life um i, I no longer sit in the interviews like i used to mm-hmm. so you know i depend on my managers to you know vet them out and then if we have somebody at a really really high position after they go to maybe two maybe three interviews and then they think it's a good idea that I meet them, and then I'll come in, all right? But like you're saying, you know, it's sad, but the truth is anybody can put on a facade for a week. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody. Anybody can be who they really ain't for a week or two. So with that being said, we had a young lady come and join one of our brands, <clears throat> and her interview was amazing. My manager called me on the phone. This interview is amazing. You gotta meet her. She 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 can probably be the next go-to person to help take us to the next level. All right, I can't wait to meet her. Man, we sat down, went somewhere, had lunch. We met her, me and my wife, and we really liked this girl. So we gave her a job, put her in position above other people. Man, nice and formal and and, and look like an executive man two weeks later she came in eyelashes this long nails this long damn she got comfortable tank top booty shorts this isn't the same person that Mm -hmm. i met yeah you know but people gonna be people man and Mm -hmm. and you only as good as your people Amen. And that's why I'm asking because 
I, I really want to have great people on my team, and that's it. But the thing is, you put all that time into training, all that, and then after two, three weeks, you've been training them. You, you know, that's a lot of time, energy, money wasted. So how do you prevent? Is there a way to shortcut that or prevent it, or do you just got to write it out? If you take the L, you take the L, and then find somebody else. Well, you take the L, but, you know, once again, during COVID, it's been really, really hard trying to replace people. So you, you, you write it out. You try to talk to them and be like, hey, this, is who, this isn't who I met. This isn't the person that I actually gave the job to. Can you bring that person back? You know, they might dial it back a little bit. But after a week or two, who you really are is going to come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's very unfortunate, but um, we're always hiring. I mean, we post now hiring posts on our social medias almost every, at least once a week. So we're always looking for. I think every business has been hiring. Both Monroe's and Lolo's are looking? Always. Always. So you already here. Check out the socials. Lolo's chicken and waffles. You got to be prepared to. Phoenix, Scottsdale, Gilbert. I want to talk about the because uh, you guys not only have restaurants here in AZ, but you have restaurants in like other states. Yeah, man, we've been truly blessed. We, we've um, I started franchising in 2015, mm. and the very first franchise we opened up was in Omaha, Nebraska. Mm. Unfortunately, Omaha, Nebraska didn't do well. You know, we get we we give you a blueprint, we mm-hmm. give you the the blue book or whatever you want to call it, and um, man, just follow this. You're gonna be all right. Then you go off in there and they look in this book. Why why are you looking in this book? This is the book I gave you. You know? So with that being said, they didn't follow the blueprint. Therefore, they're no longer in business. Mm-hmm. So we closed them down. You know, um, when you do franchising, you know, you gotta go through all the um legal the legal way. You just can't right. go off in there and slap a motherfucker around. You, know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get the attorneys You gotta get True. the attorneys, you gotta get you gotta some legally emails. Exactly. So we got to the point, it took us like 10 months, man. And it took us 10 months, and then we finally got to the point where they took our name off the building. Mm-hmm. And then once they took our name off the building, they were out of business within 30 days. So how many other states are we, are we talking right now? Or two right now. Okay. So um, we're currently in um, off of Dallas in a suburb outside of Dallas called Grapevine. Okay. So that's the only franchisee we have at this time okay now las vegas used to be a franchise store as well however i thought that me and my wife both we thought that las vegas being as close as it was we can just put it up under our umbrella Mm -hmm. and the las vegas store when we took it back it was the worst lolo's in our network. So they were playing country music, culture yeah. was different, everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo. It was absolutely. If you walk into a Lolo's or Monroe's, the music is popping. Yeah. It was absolutely vibe. the worst Lolo's in our network. And right now it's number one. Because you guys went back and took it back. We went back, we took it back, we fired everybody. Had to. And we retrained them and we said, this is how it's supposed to be. You walked in. Oh, go ahead. Okay, I, I feel like what you just said and what you were mentioning a little earlier with the training, and you know, you'll tell somebody, "Hey, this is not who you were when you came in," and they'll dial back. But who you are shows at the end of the day or at two weeks. And I feel like you're not. You won't hold back if they keep showing you. You're like, listen, I can't take this loss again. Exactly. Next. Exactly. And I think that's big because 
sometimes if you if you're trying to start a business and you're you're delegating stuff to friends or you know it's like family sometimes that's don't hire family <laughs> and don't hire friends. It was crazy. Grandma hired family to begin with you. And grandma still hired family, but grandma's a little different. You know, they, you know, she's an old soul and, you know, they, they just from a different era, you know, now in this era, there's a word that they wasn't using in grandma's era. And that, that word is called entitlement. Mm. So fam- there. Family and friends feel entitled just because y'all homeboys. Yeah. You dig what I'm saying? You know, I had a situation out in Gilbert. Gilbert, man, we had the worst luck finding good help. You know, the, the average home median in Gilbert, you know, they bring it in 200000 Both parents are in the home. You know, three, four-car garage, dog. You know, the bottom line, they, they're born with silver spoons in their mouth. Yeah. You dig know what I'm saying? I think so, you're, too, you're saying that a little too nice. Yeah, they're born with silver <laughs> spoons in their mouth, and, and you know, they can't take constructive criticism. Mm. So I'm not mad at you. You're just doing it the wrong way. Here, let me show you the right way of how it's done. It's like take advantage because you have that. Mm-hmm. And when you have a conversation like that with somebody, they just throw their hands up and quit. Mm. So with that being said, and this story I'm about to tell you is from one of my dear friends, and we still friends to this day. We talk once a week. But at the time, I reached out to one of my homeboys, and I was like, man, I need you to run this store for me. And my wife was like, do you think that's a good idea? He's not even from the food industry. I said, I know, but what I really need is somebody I can trust, Mm -hmm. and I knew I can trust him. Mm -hmm. So... We, I gave it a shot. I hired him. I brought him on. And um, just because we was homeboys, like I said, I, I love him like a brother. There's nothing I wouldn't do for him still to this day. But, man, my kids missed their bus, and I had to take the kids to school. But, damn, man, the restaurant's supposed to be open at 9 o'clock, and you got the keys. And now you're 30 minutes late, and you put us all behind. But the bottom line is, after so many of those incidents, I had to part ways. I said, man, I love your kids just like they're my own. And I and I respect that you as a father doing what you got to do. You know, school is important. We get it. But this is a business. And I need my business to come first. I need you to get over here, open the doors, let these people get started doing what they have to do. And then if you got to cut back and go get your kids, you know what I mean? So that that's one of the hard things about hiring family. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because if you hire your, your cousins and they got kids and their baby's sick, yeah, you really concerned about little little TJ. You dig what I'm saying? You hope he get better, but at the same time, I need you to treat it like if you didn't know me. Yeah. I need you to treat it like if you was working for Tom, Dick, and Harry. Mm-hmm. You dig what I'm saying? How would you go about it? Because you got to feed your family too. Yeah. I mean, all of that, all of that above. The, the, the show must go on. And once again... If one person is lacking, it's not going to go smooth. Do you feel like it's difficult for you to have, whether it's family or even just a team member, to have those conversations where, you know, you either got to let them go or especially when you have that type of relationship where you have their back and, 
and they got yours because I know some successful business owners, I don't really like to lead the way they do because they kind of lead in fear and kind of like you need to respect me because I'm your boss, not because, yo, I got your back and you got mine type. Yeah, it's it's different It's different today. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, it could be one of the downfalls of me being in the store on a daily basis because I think that to my team, I'm very approachable. I'm an open book. I walk in speaking and talking to everybody. So when they have a situation that come up, uh, that's just Larry. You know, hey, man, I had to cut out. I had to go do this and do that. They don't treat it like a real job. You dig what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So there needs to be a fine line between workplace relationship and outside of the workplace relationship. And that's one of the biggest reasons why I try not to hire friends and family. But eventually it spills over because I treat everybody like family. Mm -hmm. Eventually it spills over and then it comes back to bite me. You know, and then when I try to explain it to him, like, bro, this is still a business. I'm sorry that you're going through what you're going through, but I pay you well. But I can't talk to you or tell you how to allocate your money. You know what I mean? So, you know, I got a situation where I had a situation where a guy was always complaining about he couldn't pay his rent. But we see his paychecks every two weeks. Hmm. You dig what I'm saying? <laughs> but when you go to the social media, he po- he posting all the new dunks. He got the new J's. Damn, I ain't even got them motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> but you dig what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they go on the concerts. They go on the Rocky Point. But you complaining that you can't pay your rent. Where you getting the money, bro? They getting the money. They well, you know where the money is. Like, where, like, where, where, where you doing you know with it? Now we know where it's yeah, going. But seriously. when the first come, I can't pay my rent. I mean, bro, I done been in every situation. So when staff come to me talking about, you know, monetary or, or something ain't right, I know how it is to struggle. I know how it is to live on a budget. You know, I, 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 know, I know just how it is. So... You know, it's all about how you prior, um, prioritize prior, prioritize your situation. And you know how to get out of that. That's why you're prior- I know how to get out yeah. of it. I don't have no bad habits. I ain't never smoked weed a day in my life. Damn. Let that sink in. And you were, dang. Let I that, ain't never smoked nothing a day in my life. Let that sizzle in your spirit. I ain't never had a beer. Really? Ever. I ain't never tasted a beer in my life. Damn. Now, I do drink a little tequila. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, 1942. Hey, hey, listen, hey, I'll stay no, sipping I, the Kool-Aid, though. Hey, I okay. drink a little tequila, a little vodka. But, you know, growing up, you know, s- s- some habits can be expensive. You can. You dig what I'm saying? Some habits can be expensive. And, you know, I like to say that I know – how to fall back and stay in my lane. You dig what I'm saying? Now, I got friends with beautiful cars, Rolls Royces, Bentleys. Man, I got a homeboy that got three Ferraris. But that ain't my lane. So I don't, you know, everybody's so worried about keeping up with the Joneses. Everybody's so worried about 
what the next man got. You dig what I'm saying? And that's why a lot of people end up in the situations that they in. They out trying to buy stuff to show off for somebody who probably don't even know that they even exist. Mm. Or even care about. Or even care. Yeah. Or we'll talk about after they see it. Or yeah. It's irrelevant. Okay, you show up in it. Okay, now what? Mm. Was, that, that's a conversation we had last night. Yeah. We, we were leaving here. You know, boys had the, the Lambo. And we're all talking outside with, with uh, Damon. Oh, Damon BP. Yeah, and, yeah. and something came up like, man, I want a day where I can have this. And he said, and I told him, look, because I dealt with cars, a lot of different cars. And somehow at the end of the day, the nicest cars I've had are the ones I want to see gone. Because that's making me money. So what do I have at the end of the day? I'm like, I'll keep me that 99 turbo diesel because it's nice to me. So the value for me goes up. Yeah, I could have had, you know, or kept hang on to 911 or something different. But I give value to what I want, not what you give the value exactly. to. Exactly. That's I think that's what's going to make someone rich. Exactly. True. Not just monetarily, you know, in life. Yeah, man, we just live in a social media world, man. Everybody on social media and everybody's showing out, look at me, look what I got, and everybody just in competition with mm -hmm. each other. And I think that's the biggest downfall to, you know, somebody that's working because they feel like they enough is never enough. They feel like they got to have more, more, more just to have this facade. You know what I mean? Who are you really? This is who I am really because I can go back and pull up old yearbooks when I was in high school I was wearing the same shit <laughs> and my father would tell you that my father used to tell me say man I work every day and I don't take nothing to the dry cleaners who are you I started taking clothes to the dry cleaners when I was in the seventh to eighth grade <laughs> because I knew who I was and what I wanted to do and how I wanted my life to be I don't like ironing I don't like doing laundry. Mm. And when I'm ready to go, I need my shit creased and ready to go. Ooh. <laughs> Preach. So I've been doing that since the seventh grade. I'm, the I'm still the same person today. You know? But some people don't even know who they are. Drake said it, man. Everybody fake. Now you can crack the code. That's a, it's going to go over a lot of people's head. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. It's a lot of fake ones out there. Seriously. You know what sucks? Like with... Social media now is, like you said, the biggest thing is with social media, it's like a competition. So everyone looking at what everyone's doing, and it sucks for those who's working like a normal nine to five because it's like, like, man, like, how can I get to that point? And half of the time, those, those people who are posting like what they may be doing, like they don't own it or they don't have any funds, but they're trying to like, like keep up this persona, like this image of likeness. But honestly, like you said, just, just being yourself will take you a long way because you really don't need it. And we, and, and another thing is with that, it even goes back, it even goes back farther, even with relationships because now women see it. So now women, you may be dating someone and her friend might just got the new Gucci bag, but her boyfriend can't, can't afford it. And then she might be like, mm, must be nice. You know what I mean? Like something like that. So it just, it just sucks because social media really like yeah, messed back, up a lot. It goes back to what Lowe said. It's keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. Yep. You're looking at on social media, 
Oh, they went on this vacation. I got to do a better vacation. They got this house. I got to get a nicer house. Going okay, broke. This <laughs> Trying to keep up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you spent all your money. But can't pay your rent. Even the other day, the nine to five thing was talked about in the guy's chat, in the yeah. 2K chat. And it's like, uh, oh, nine to five is trash. But it's like, hold on a second. I might have to humble myself and go get a nine to five. Nothing wrong with it. It could be the transition step mm-hmm. if you're meant for more. Seriously. And you will know that. You'll be like, look, I can't be here for for five, six, seven, eight years. But that means when I'm here, I got to bust my ass. True. And put my money away and go do and spend the time from, you know, six to ten or six to eleven doing what I want to do to free myself of the nine to five. Mm-hmm. So nine to five shouldn't take all the hate that it gets because it can let you stay alive and pay your bills. It, it really it's really a. Uh uh, a way for you to create what you really want to create, like your your brand or your business, because we had the the Lambo Urus, and let me just say, like, I enjoy driving that car. It's and, a nice, yeah. And when nice. I got in my car, it was just like extremely depressing. So, but that's just a whole other story. But and I was telling him, I was like, bro, I, I gotta have this Urus. I said, you know what? Like, give me two years, I'm gonna have this car. Like, I can't afford it right now, but I'm gonna get it two years. And I and I feel like you know what. That's just a challenge, and I accept that a challenge. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of people, uh, they'll take a they, the shortcut route to get that car, like, flexing. Like, no, nah, I'm not about to flex in it. I want that shit, personally. But remember when you didn't have your Chevy. Exactly. And now you got the Chevy. Yeah, so, and, and the thing is, you got to be appreciative of what you have. And, like, me and Owen, we dropped the car off. I was like, Lord, I'm thankful for the Equinox. <laughs> but I just want the Urus. Like, I want the Urus, Lord. Like, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm well, ready. I, I want to hear Lowe's opinion on that because like, you don't seem like you're a big car guy or anything like that. So. I mean, y'all saw what I pulled up in. Yeah. I pulled up in an old white pickup truck. I drive it every day. You know, you know, you know. If, if you take care of what you got, God will bless you with more. Mm. Seriously. So I honestly, I am a big believer of that. And to each his own. You know, if, if I got a whole bunch of homeboys that's car guys. And I ain't going to lie to you. Yeah, I, I like cars. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I just got other things I'd rather do. That's like see, open is. up a new restaurant. Exactly. See, that that's such a good point. And I, I'm going to hand you. That's such a good point because we have to live in a place where we understand that people are different. Mm-hmm. So it's nice. It's cool to like nice things, nice clothes, nice shoes, nice cars, nice houses. But it doesn't mean I automatically have to like that too or have mm-hmm. the same affinity Definitely. just because it's materialistic. Yep. My brother is like that, right? He's, he, he's always looking at these cars. So I'm a car guy. So I go over there and I'm like, you know, oh, yeah, his checkbook's different than mine. But, you know, he's looking at all these cars. And I'm like, when are you going to pull the trigger on this, man? You're looking at this car for how long? He's like, nah, you know, he he's owned his own law firm for 12 years. He's got kids. He's get you know, he's got a house up here. So it's like he's choosing what's important to him. And to me, when I sit back, I'm like, man, he has to practice some level of humbleness and gratefulness mm-hmm. to not be like, I'm going to look at that car. Discipline. Discipline. Yeah. Discipline. Y'all said it. Discipline. Discipline. Because the next lawyer might have this. He's got his name on his own law firm. Why isn't he in a Ferrari or Lamborghini or whatever the next guy's in? He's like, I don't care. And I find that 
inspirational. The discipline, mm-hmm. the humbleness. It's like, shout yeah, Seriously. shout out to shout out shout to them. for sure. We don't acknowledge the people in our lives. You know, my my dad was the same. He used to wear like I seen pictures of him in the nineties. I'm like, oh, that's a nice shirt, and the same shirt, and it looks brand new in two thousand something. I'm like. Is this the same shirt? I'll Let's wear the same shirt. He's like, why? I got these seven shirts. I'm good. I wash them. I iron them. They're ready to go pressed. He's okay with it. I'm like, damn. And he's just Everybody, being him, man. Everybody's different. Yeah, it's be you. I'll wear the same shirt twice and still going to look good in it twice. I'm not going to trip. You would never know it because I'm going to pull it off. That's my thing. Whatever I have, I just keep it nice and it's practicing gratefulness. Yeah. That, that uh, turbo diesel, I'm like, man, this is a turbo diesel. These engines... You know, you see him around the world with a, a million miles. That's special to me. I bought it off the first owner. I'm like, man, they got a cell phone in the in the rest of the '90s. Imagine. I'm like, that's cool. This is, I'm good with this. Man, <laughs> that's what's up. And then, Lo, you talked about passion is opening up a a new restaurant. So, what advice do you have? Here, the main thing I'm concerned because usually they say uh, that. Restaurants is one of the hardest businesses to keep alive because they say usually they go bankrupt within like five years. It's extremely hard. Twenty what? Twenty five years? He said twenty five years with Lolo's. So twenty five years keeping that alive. One thing I've noticed: there's really not a lot of places that, when they franchise, that they were good when they first started, and then keeping that same quality where it's still good. Other than like, there's some places like In and Out where they in Chick Fil A they keep everything down to a T. But then what can you do and what advice do you have for other CEOs, business owners, people trying to franchise in order to not lose that same kind of recipe and what, you know, attracted all the customers and fan base that they had in the first place? You know, rule number one, you're only as good as your people. So it takes a great team in order to be successful in a restaurant game. Rule number two, if you're going to open up a Lolo's Chicken and Waffles, Stick to the blueprint. We know what works. Man, I didn't play with this menu for 25 years. If it wasn't good, we took it off. If it wasn't a good seller, we took it off. If it is a good seller, we keep it on. You dig what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's all about following directions, sticking to the blueprint, having a good team to execute, and treat your team right. I treat everybody with respect. I go into the stores, I say hello, I call probably about 90, 90% of them by their first name. Man, I didn't even think you knew my name, you know? But yeah, you know, good deeds do not go unseen. My managers report back to me and let me know, hey, man, um, Joseph is doing an amazing job. You You should see him sometime. So next time I'm in the store, I'm peeping back. I'm looking at Joseph. I'm looking how I operate. Looking how he move. Then I have a sidebar conversation with Joseph. Man, what's your five-year goal? What do you plan on being in five years? Now, if Joseph said, man, I want to fly airplanes, okay, then we'll just lead a conversation right there. But if Joseph said, man, I want to be with this company and I want to grow with the company. Well, Joseph is now a contender. So when we do open up another restaurant, we can set Joseph up over there as the head dude to lead by example. You dig what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we try to build from, you know, build and grow from within. And we just try to expand because we got great food, 
great recipes, and we just want to share it with everybody, and we want to get it to many as as many four corners as we as we can, so people can get their hand mm-hmm. on some Lolo's chicken and waffles, <clears throat> some brunch and sip, some some Monroe's hot chicken. You know, some of that banana pudding. They didn't even <laughs> open it. I mean, I'm trying not to smack because I don't want to interrupt good conversation. It's all good. I hey. know myself. I'll be smacking. Hey, so <laughs> not every day we get to eat with the yeah. the owner himself. Yeah, yeah man. We got some other stuff coming down the down the ladder, man. We we got a lot of things, man. We we're, we're real passionate about this food thing, yeah. and um, we just like making people happy, and we want to be that destination for people to come and bring their family and friends together. And just um and just vibe out with us. Yeah, you guys heard it here, man. Go visit and go eat yes. at Lolo's Chicken and Waffles at Monroe's. Yeah. And and I want to. I think on behalf of all of us, you know, you brought us a good amount of food. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, man. You, you know, brought it yourself, yeah. and that's humble. We appreciate it. Man. Seriously, yeah. appreciate it. You didn't have to do that. Hey, it's all good, you know. Um, and I couldn't do it because I got a last minute phone call. I had to shoot over to Scottsdale to handle something over there. But yes, I was going to Lolo's Phoenix to pick it up and bring it myself. Dang. But since I couldn't, my right hand MG brought it over. Shout out to MG. So That's MG, the team you're talking about. M- MG brought the brought the food over for me. And um, you know, once again, it's about your team, man. Huh? Mm-hmm. It's about your team. I couldn't do it without MG. I couldn't do it without Antoine. I couldn't do it without Toy. I mean, Christina, Jorge. I mean, we can just go on and on and on. You know, I got a solid team. I got my man 40 over there running down, holding down Brunch and Sip. I got my right-hand man Ralph holding down Monroe's. Um, Tyreek, I mean, man, Tyreek came in, you know, off the bus in 1999. You know, he caught the bus and come up there for an interview. And, you know, if we judging books by his cover, I didn't think Tyreek was going to make it. Tyreek is now a manager, man. Tyreek now got a car. Tyreek doing his thing. You know what I'm saying? So, once again, man, it's about building your team up. I got to build them up so we can build and make more stores. That's crazy. I love it, man. I'm building building leaders over here. Before we wrap up, I got to know because – for you, you're a workaholic. So you round the clock seven, you know, 25, eight. 25, <laughs> eight. eight. Sounds about right. <laughs> what do you like to do in your free time if you have free time? Man, I ain't going to lie to you. I love football. Um, I'm a Cardinal fan, but shit, it's rough right now. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. But um, I love going to football games. I love going to sporting events. I love basketball. Really, really proud of our Phoenix Suns right now. Hell yeah. Um, I love to travel whenever I can, you know, but um, I, I love water. I, I got some funny stories for you guys about water, but um, I, I didn't came close to death fucking with the ocean. <laughs> oh, <laughs> on, the ocean? I, I think on, like, that's my only fear, man. On like five different occasions. <laughs> oh, jeez. So <laughs> with that being said, God must have something special for me, and I'm, and I, and I'm still waiting because he's – He's keeping me around for a reason. Seriously. But, you know, then again, you know, maybe God's <clears throat> keeping me around because I give people second chances. You're you know? blessing others. Yeah, so blessing others. Yeah. You, know, you know, somebody come out the joint and they're trying to get back on their feet. You know, a lot of people frown upon people that go to the joint. Man, you know, he made a mistake. He got caught. He did his time. You can't punish a man when he come home. Yes, sir. A man got to feed his family. got to take care of his children. 
So we give separate second opportunities. You know what I'm saying? And um, I always say that we give people opportunities that they wouldn't get nowhere else. Mm. Let that sink in. Man. Um, before we wrap this thing up, we just want to thank you for coming by. I know I, I blew your DMs up. That's all good. Thank you but for inviting me. I'm, I'm, we're extremely appreciative for you coming on. And I, I feel like uh, this conversation wasn't like an interview. It was like talking to my uncle. And I feel like you preach some real knowledge, some real gems, and for a lot of people, they can take with them for a lot for a longer life to, uh, lifetime. Um, my question for you is kind of putting you on the spot a little bit. I hate doing this, but it's it's part of the no, it's part of the like show. It. Yeah, I really don't hate doing it. I'm lying, <laughs> but I figure point. I sugarcoat it a little bit. <laughs> but what we like to do is, you know, what does it take? Podcast is all about inspiring and influencing, and just you know. People allowing people to hear other people's stories because everyone have similar stories and a lot of people can relate to you or us in a lot of different ways. Who would you think would be really good for us to bring on for an episode? It could be anyone. Oh, we man, I can go on for days. Um, you know, um, shit, y'all can y'all can bring my wife on, Rashida. Mm. Rashida, Rashida is amazing. Um, you know, you know, funny story back when I was right in the middle between the music industry and starting Lolo's chicken and waffles for a good six months. I was trying to juggle them both. Mm -hmm. I was still trying to pay my dues at the studio, do whatever I can there, running Lolo's and then running at Mrs. White's. Why? Because Mrs. White's was still guaranteed money, Mm -hmm. but I was spreading myself too thin. And my wife was like, man, you need to give, something got to give. You need to let some stuff go, and you need to give <laughs> one thing, your undivided attention, whether it's going to be the music industry or whether it's going to be the re- restaurant. But you, you, you got to stop splitting your time. And at that time, I wiped my hands of the music industry. I focused on the restaurant. Here we are today. So Rashida's is, is super, super um, just very instrumental in what we got going on. She makes me look good because she does a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. The backbone. Yeah. You know, it's the backbone. You need that. So, you know, having a good partner, I keep saying it, having a good team, that's very, very key. So, you know, if, I'm, I'm about to give you a few names. So I would say Rashida. I would say my homeboy GT. Um, he's my personal trainer. I know it don't look like I got a personal trainer. He keeps <laughs> preaching to me all the time. But, you know, losing weight is, is all about diet. It's all about um, portions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, but GT is um, very, very instrumental in my life. And um, he's just a real good friend on the, on the physical and the mental so that would be a good person for you to interview. i love to set you up with that. I bet. And then, um, man, I, I, I hang out with some very powerful dudes, man. That's what you like. You know, my, my good friend Ernie Adair. Um, Ernie Adair owns like 12 McDonald's and a couple of hotels. Oh, you know, um, I know the dude that got Ernie Adair started, Ray Johnson. You know, so he can come in and tell you his story. My homeboy, Big Woo. You know, he go by Big Woo to me, but his name is Kedrick Johnson. 
and he is a big wig executive with um Johnson and Johnson. Oh, okay. And um, I heard of Johnson and Johnson. Yeah. yeah so yeah. everybody. Heard everybody. Heard yeah. <laughs> They've been everywhere since. Seriously. Exactly. Like but, all over. But you know, um, and then Sag. You know, he started from the bottom just like me. We've been friends since we was like ten years old. Now he got a couple of multi-million dollar businesses. He got a cleaning service. He got a construction business. Man, I mean, bro, don't hang around nobody who don't add value to what you got going on. So I'm hanging around some other successful entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and like-minded people, people that can understand the way I move and don't have to question it. You dig what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If somebody ain't got something to lose, they ain't going to understand how you move. You know? So That's real. the people I can introduce you to, I can send you just a laundry list. Man. Uh, it's all about what you want. I'll fill this freaking studio up for the next year. Oh, man. <laughs> I love like that. that. Yeah, I love that. Very, very important people all just to selling chicken. Man, Damn. chicken bring people together. Everybody loves. We love chicken. We love chicken. We, love chicken. <laughs> we said in the beginning, food's the way to the heart. As you can, as you can see, I didn't chime in to like twenty minutes. I, I finished my food. So. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, low on a serious note, man, I really appreciate you coming in. Thank here. you, man. Any way that any three of us could ever reciprocate, you know, with the hospitality Hit us up. you absolutely. Us. Um, you know, you're an amazing individual. You have so much to give, and you've helped out a lot of people. And um, I just pray that you know, you and your family, you know, you guys stay blessed and more success, more blessings, more restaurants mm-hmm. coming your way, man. Thank I you, really sure. appreciate And as a smart man, he yeah. li- he named his wife first. first. Seriously, that's <laughs> so a she's first. a real one. And you're a smart man. <laughs> now, Larry, I'm going to be hitting you for some women advice, man. I'm just letting you know because you was dropping man. some You gems. got my number. Lock me in. I got you. Yeah. For sure. I so. got all the advice in the world. <laughs> I just don't know if it's the right advice. <laughs> I'm going to take that's bits valid. and pieces of it. That's valid that's a bit. right there. All right. That's it, man. That's we out. Right. Wrapping up till next time.